Hey there. Just before we start the show, I want to let you know that we're uh, doing a pledge drive to help cover our hosting and production costs for both Mega 10 Marathon and Combo Chain for the next year. It actually costs us over $500 a year, and so any amount you could contribute would be huge help. Since it's a pledge drive, we've got some special giveaways. Not tote bags, unfortunately, but if you contribute $5, you'll get an episode on The World Ends With You months before it gets released. Contribute 10 bucks, and you'll get that, as well as a special deep dive episode on Persona 5 Royal. But seriously, any amount is a huge help. To contribute, head over to tinyurl.com backslash Shane. Thanks so much for the support, and as always, for listening to the shows. And uh, welcome to episode 45 of Mega Ten Marathon. It's a game by game journey through the Shin Megami Tensei and Persona games. And uh, this episode, we're going to be closing out our coverage of uh, Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor. I'm Paul M. Davis. And I'm Elisa James. Welcome back, Elisa. Unfortunately, Ethan couldn't join us for this episode because of life and holiday work commitments. But we went ahead and uh, recorded the episode because we wanted to get one more out before the end of the year. But uh, we'll be sure to have him back on in the future. And uh, yeah, he's bummed that he wasn't able to make it. But uh, yes, he will return. So yeah, to start out with, let's do a little recap of what happened in the first episode of Double Survivor. Basically, an outbreak of demons occurred within Tokyo. And a large area of the city is quarantined by the uh, Japanese ground self-defense forces. They've uh, denied power, communications, and food to uh, all the people who are trapped within. Basically, the protagonist finds out that he and his two friends, Atsuru uh, Kahara and uh, Yuzu Tanakawa, have been given a modified electronic device called COMPS by his older cousin, Naoya. Yeah, the chaotic situation gives rise to the uh, vigilantes who want to take it upon themselves to fight the demons. And uh, some of them even want to prey on weaker humans. And uh, the protagonist and his friends discover that their comps allow them to summon helpful demons to fight the aggressive ones, allowing them to uh, survive the attacks. Uh, Your protagonist also finds out that he has the ability to see a person's death clock which is basically a representation of how many days a person has left to live. So basically, he's been using the death clock to help himself and his friends change their own fate. But despite that, the protagonist learned from Atsuro's old friend, Keisuke Takagi, that everyone within the quarantine will die within seven days due to unknown circumstances. So, um, getting into the character recap, we have the protagonist, a.k.a. your player character. We have Naoya, the protagonist's cousin, who wrote the demon summoning program. He wishes for the protagonist to become the king of Bell and rebel against God. 
Then we have Keisuke Takagi, Atsuro's school friend, who has a strong sense of justice. We have Midori Komaki, a cosplay idol, personifying her role in protecting the innocent uh, from demons. We have Eiji Kamiya, or Gin, the manager of a local live music bar. Tadashi Nikaido, or Kaido, the charismatic leader of the street gang. Mari Mochizuki, an elementary school tutor seeking the demon that killed her lover. Misaki Izuna, a military officer overseeing the quarantine. Amane Kuzuryu, the daughter of the leader of the Shomonkai, a religious cult that seems to be behind the demon outbreak. Black Frost, a demon that helps other weaker demons from ruthless human attacks after being saved by Midori. Yoshino Harusawa, uh, or Haru, a singer who believes her song was responsible for the demon outbreak. Uh, ya- Yasuyuki Honda, a company man trapped in the quarantine while his son outside it is go- out undergoing a serious operation. And Shoji, a female journalist that has been investigating the events leading to the quarantine before it started. Yeah, and I feel like Honda is like one of the most sympathetic characters. Maybe it's just me being a dad. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, compared to the uh, Shomakai and whatnot, <laughs> he, he comes off pretty well, at least so far. Exactly. Um, like, you understand, because I thought that must be a pretty awful thing, knowing that you have those whole horribleness going on inside, and then outside, your son is still like fighting for his life, and it's just... Yeah, you end up feeling very bad for him. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, in the previous episode, we covered the first two days. Yeah, moving on to the third day, which is pretty much focused on Belder. On the third day, you basically learn that the Japanese government has been aware of this event for years. And they enacted the PSE Law as a Safeguard which embedded remote-controlled electromagnetic devices in every consumer electronics. And if the demon outbreak can't be stopped, the government can use these devices at the very last moment to destroy all living things within the quarantine, human and demon. And I think it's really interesting how uh, this game does not portray the government in a very flattering light. Exactly. (laughs) I do love it. And you basically spend the most of the third day preparing for uh, your battle with Belder, which is going to be like your first big boss fight of the whole game. And uh, it's a tough one, especially if you're underleveled or haven't really been using the skill crack and whatnot. Basically, by the end of the day, you have a uh, showdown with Belder, and it's really important to have healing abilities on your team as uh, the Vampire Mist attack that Belder has will damage everybody. And uh, basically, you need uh, the main character's Devil's Fuge ability. That's basically the only way that you can damage Belder. However, (laughs) Belder appears with a number of lesser demons that you've got to also deal with. Basically, what you're doing is positioning your protagonist to take down Belder as best as you can while your other party members deal with all of the lesser demons that are being spawned. And uh, yeah, if you're playing along, 
you better been uh, using uh, fusion and auction and free battles to uh, really get up to uh, get up to speed. I feel like this was the first time in the game where, and comparison to later boss fights, it's not too bad. But I feel like this is the first time in the game where I was like, man, this game is not fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Shimigami Tensei always seems to have those bosses. Like, they want to make absolute sure that you're paying attention to the battle system. You're fusing demons. You're making sure you're learning skills. And then they'll throw in a boss that will test every single last one of those things. And if you haven't been doing them, you just will not beat this boss. So, mm-hmm. I, I, as always, you have that tradition, and Belder is that boss. <laughs> exactly. And also, in addition to your leveling and all the other, like, side mechanics, like, it teaches you a lot about controlling the, uh, controlling the battleground. Exactly. Um, on the fourth day, crumbling reason, Midori continues her role as a superhero, refusing to stop flaunting her abilities to summon demons in front of people that are becoming increasingly hostile towards demon tamers. In Shiba Park, Amane is preaching to the crowd within the park and notices your party. After she finishes, she comes to talk to the main character. She wants to talk to him about the role of God in the the things happening around them, apparently trying to get a feeling for where he stands with the knowledge that he has defeated Belder. In Shinjuku, a group has taken control of an aid container, preventing the weak or the exceptionally older young from getting any of the food. Azuma can give some vague answers about the server, but he can also get the founder to answer some of the party's questions about Belia and the Bell's throne. In Ikebukuro, Midori is surrounded by a group of humans accusing her of summoning the demons that they now see as the cause for the lockdown. You need to attack one of the humans, but don't kill them. <laughs> to scare Such them a off. pain. Such a pain. Oh, it is. I hate when they do this. It's like, I'm powerful. (laughs) Um, It's just terrible. (laughs) Kesuke and the demon Yama appear to stop the humans. You need to focus on taking down Kesuke to get rid of Yama, while the remainder go after the demons at the far side of the map. In Shibuya, Haru is suicidal. According to the Laplace mail, her time is up. You're given a choice to save her life or sacrifice her. The day ends with the revelation that police officers have gotten a hold of comps and are using their power to attack people in the city. A cab. Yeah! <laughs> I'm just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah going back to the yeah all the government is really fucked up in this game exactly <laughs> moving on to the fifth day <clears throat> moving on to the fifth day revelations this is where the protagonist and his allies through their investigation find that the demon outbreak is the result of a planned battle between angels and demons to, re- 
to judge the worthiness of mankind. This is pretty familiar if you played an SMT game before, this whole kind of theme. But basically, after seven days, if the demons aren't stopped, the angels are going to destroy mankind. Another thing that you find is that SDF soldiers are uh, actively hunting demon tamers inside lockdown. Meanwhile, a rift is forming between Amane and the Shomankai founder about how to handle the uh, lockdown. So next in Shinagawa, Azuma will go and collect Naoya's things. He's going to give you a comp with the data that Naoya left behind. And so Atsuro goes to work decrypting the contents of the comp. The team heads to the Akasaka Tunnel to see if they can find Azuna to ask a few questions. Azuna is like the one like exception as far as all the government f- officials are terrible. Pretty uh, much, yeah. Yeah. And she's more kind of ambiguous, but she seems somewhat sympathetic. However, demons come in from behind and you got to fight them off. If things go well during the battle, Azuna will take the group to uh, Nagatacho Station. She explains the lockdown as she understands it, as well as the government's deadline. Meanwhile, Atsuro needs some help figuring out how to get into the comp. He discovers information regarding some extra chips that were installed in electronic devices by the government, and their possible link to Judgment Day. So, he's starting to put the pieces together. Remiol introduces himself and tells the group that they can determine whether man is on the path to eternal salvation or damnation. He basically lays out the story of the coming judgment day and then basically just answers uh, a number of your questions. Pretty helpful figure. <laughs> <laughs> then we go over to the Shomankai facility. One of the Shomankai tells you a great deal about the development of the comps. He's ratting them out because uh, he believes that the Shomakai are on the wrong path. Then you head over to Mayashida Park, where a demon tamer has decided that he's going to terrorize people since no one's going to live more than two days anyway. Uh, so you can really see like society just fraying and falling apart here. However, some demons appear to be after him, and uh, it's up to the group to uh, save the people who are caught in the middle and also take away the Tamer's comp, which I found this a pretty challenging battle. Anyone, any kind of battle where you have to protect people and then also find, reach a abstract goal while dude is like just summoning demons on you is going to be frustrating to me personally. Yeah. Yeah, because you're always fighting the AI. Because I don't know why, but they always—they almost always make the the human AI, like the civilian AI, really stupid. And they'll like just either stand there, or they'll charge at enemies, or just do other stupid things, and it just makes everything so much more difficult. <laughs> it's funny. I've been playing Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity lately. And I really like Muso games, but uh, they have a similar problem where it's, you've got a completely capable character who, as soon as they're controlled by AI, is just like a damaged sponge. And, <laughs> exactly. Like, and the whole goal of the mission oftentimes is to protect them 
while they get their asses kicked. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, it's not my favorite kind of battle. Basically, your civilians are really starting to distrust comp users for good reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got to basically convince civilians that you aren't there that you aren't there to hurt them. And so you got to escort them to the southwest corner of the map so that they can escape. Then you def- then you defeat the demon tamer and have to escort his sorry ass as well. <laughs> Finally you come across Naoya. He's going to pose a few questions to you. He's just basically trying to figure out how far along you've come and trying to figure out like where you stand as far as like your like basic alignment on things. And then he gives you another kind of frustrating battle where he challenges you to defeat six demons before the main character moves three times. And if you don't do that, he'll, he won't answer any more of your questions. So the strategy here is you've got to get the group to spread out and focus on killing the center demon in each group quickly. Once you do that, Naoya basically explains that he wants the main character to win the throne of Bell, but he doesn't really want to tell him why. However, this declaration makes him a target for all the other Bells and demons that are now in competition with him. <laughs> yeah, but then he just won't tell you why you have to do this. Okay, thanks, Naoya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now he is a real dick <laughs> yeah he is <laughs> the sixth day the decisive moment depending on the path players take the protagonist comes to learn that Naoya and himself are the reincarnations of the biblical Cain and Abel respectively Naoya worked with the Shomonkai to create the programs to summon demons as to bring about this event, initially through the keyboard used by Aya, one of Haru's band members. In Shinjuku, the group finds a man walking out of the building with the comp. They confront him and find out that someone dressed as a Shomonkai in a black clo- a coat was giving them out, but didn't mention the contract that must be formed with the demons before they can be controlled. It's discovered that the SDF are exterminating demon tamers, tamers in the contamination area, because of course they would. <laughs> Like <laughs> returning to Shinjuku, Black Frost is trying to defend a group of weak demons from the police. The group has the choice of whether or not to save the demons. One of the best tools for saving the demons in this battle is probably Switch, since it allows the group to pull Black Frost out of danger while the team focuses on attacking the humans and keeping them away from the demons. Uh, Gigolo appeals again to give the group more cryptic answers and probably more questions than they had to start with. Exactly. <laughs> he mentions that the three of the Bells seem to be working together on the side of the Shomonkai. In Ueno, Honda and some other humans decide to take advantage of a weak point in the barricade to escape the lockdown. Angels arrive to enforce the barricade and demons take up the fight against them. So this is actually interesting because 
This actually, I think this leads in, I'm gonna, we'll explain in a moment, but this will actually lead into kind of an early bad ending. I think at this point, yeah. So we'll explain that in a moment, but that, this is actually a, a interesting point with that. So let's see. So then the party must decide which side to fight and with, whether they will join Honda in his attempted escape. In Sheba Park, Ramel implores the main character to become the King of Bell, then cast aside that title to become the Messiah. The angel Sariel takes the body of a nearby woman to give the team a warning. The angel speaks of the Messiah returning to the world to the state that existed prior to humanity being driven from Eden. So then you end the day fighting a Kundan Shita, perhaps the hardest boss in the game. Belial should be your main focus from the start, from the start in this battle. So you basically go and kill the demons in your way until you can attack. Belial attacks three times per turn and uses Miragidine, Diajama, and a powerful normal attack. He also recovers a large amount of HP, about two three hundred HP after every round. So then, after- I I would say that this is I I put that. The first time I played the game, this battle was what made me put it down. <laughs> yeah, I don't play. I think the healing is what gets it. Like, I can handle the attacks, whatever. But now you're going to heal on me? Okay. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, all right, I've had fun with this. I'm done with it. But I'm glad that I came back and stuck it out. But still. Yeah, no, it's a very frustrating battle. Like, oh, man. So (laughs) I totally get it. So after losing about 50% of his HP, Belial will summon more demons and cast area spells that damage all of your characters and demons, just like Belder did. So you have to be fast and defeat Belial before the other demons can catch up and before you take too much damage from Belial's attacks. So after that, the Shomonkai sought to bring the king of demons, Belbereth, to the world in order for the demons to win the battle. And Naoya requires the protagonist and his friends to survive long enough for this event to happen. Numerous choices made by the character will affect his friends and allies, and there are several endings to the game, which include whether the player's goal is to simply escape the quarantine or to prevent the demon uprising. The latter can be accomplished several ways, including controlling demons as the Messiah, controlling demons as the Lord of Bell, controlling demons for humanity's sakes, or erasing demons from the earth altogether. Excluding desperate escape, all endings will require the player to defeat the remaining three of the four devas, and Jezebel, who is also excluded in Silent Revolution ending, as well as the demons Beelzebub, Belbereth and Babel. Yeah, and something that because the whole thing about Bell is such a such a major part of this game, and we haven't really talked about the mythological background of it. I'm realizing now. I just pulled this up on Wikipedia, but it's uh, worth I don't know. It's worth talking about it because the whole concept of Bell is so significant in this game. So, yeah, basically, Bell signifies Lord or Master, and it's a title rather than, like, a genuine name. And it's applied to various gods in the Mesopotamian uh, religion 
of Akkad, Syria, and Babylonia. And then you also see Belial, which is a uh, evolution of the term occurring in the Hebrew Bible, and uh, which was also later personified as uh, the devil. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting that they went with three different like incarnations of the bell myth in this game. Yeah, it is actually. That's about as much as I can pull up in a 20 second uh, Wikipedia search, but I do think (laughs) it's interesting. And given that Jezebel's going to show up, it's not surprising that (laughs) there's some references to the old Hebrew Bible and that might've been an influence on the game. Yeah. Yeah, getting back to the game, now we're talking basically about the endings, and I'm going to start out with the early bad ending, which is also known as the Honda false ending, and it's one of six possible endings, but it's more like a non-standard game over. You don't get access to New Game Plus, and basically at the end of the game, it acts like the player failed a required objective. And so on this route, uh, the protagonist discovers Honda and three other civilians were approaching a seemingly undefended segment of the lockdown wall, having just observed a demon slay the last SDF member who was guarding the wall. Upon approaching the empty space, angels appear, killing two of the civilians outright and threatening the others. Once you see this, your, your protagonist has three options. You can either support the demons, support the angels, or support humanity. Picking the earlier two requires a player to attack the other side, then defeat and destroy the civilians' comps to uh, prevent them from getting so- themselves killed. Yep. And then if you pick the third option, it allows the players to attack both the angels and the demons at the same time. Though this doesn't affect whether the player has a better chance at getting Naoya's or Amani's ending. So you don't have to worry too much about that. Midway through the battle, Honda and the civilian decide to take this opportunity to escape. And the player can choose to do so as well. If you do this though, immediately upon exiting the area, a strange lightning storm appears over the lockdown. The angels have declared the lockdown a failure and have decided to kill everyone inside. Worse still, they have declared humanity to be in default of their responsibilities as children of God, and an angelic army flies out to enslave the world. Anyone not sufficiently subservient is killed outright, and the remainder are stripped of their free will. The game then acts as if the player lost the battle, so you get the mission failed screen, and it sends the player back to the load game screen. So, yeah. And then, if you choose not to try to escape, and the civilians don't escape either, that ending is averted. And the battle goes on as normal. And then after that, the SDF soldiers appear to defend the wall. And the protagonist party, along with any surviving civilian on the scene, promptly leaves before they're attacked. It's worth noting, before we talk about the actual not bad endings, Mm -hmm. that a lot of which ending you get depends on the dialogue that you've been choosing throughout the game yeah, and also the choices you make. The first of those is the desperate escape ending, which is triggered 
when the player chooses to talk to Yuzu at the end of the sixth day, or if the player fails to save Haru. The player has to uh, defeat Gigolo, who's uh, revealed to be the demon Loki. That's <laughs> 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 so fitting. Um, you've guys also got to finally defeat the angels uh, who are led by uh, Amane and Azuna. You do that, and uh, your escape s- succeeds, but Honda's son dies, and uh, Honda reveals that all comp users now have free reign over the world, basically creating a world of chaos with a strong rule. So Honda is out for f- vengeance. Yeah, yeah. This is, in the original DS game, this one was considered the worst of the uh, main endings, just because, as we implied here, essentially what happens is that because the main character just escapes, instead of trying to fix the problem, it essentially dooms the entire world to an internal like uh chaotic rulership by the demons so just constant like terrorizing of the humans it's just it's really bad and then i think like eventually i think like the ending says that if humans decide to become more knowledgeable and rise up they could possibly try to reclaim back the earth but the main character will spend all his days until then regretting what he's done because how he's just doomed everyone on the planet Mm-hmm. So it's a very depressing ending in the original, but as you'll get into in a moment, Overclocked actually adds a bit more to it, to this ending. Yeah, yeah. So in the Overclock remake for the 3DS, the escape caused the protagonists Yuzu and Atsuro to be branded as fugitives, and uh, their family is taken into custody by the SDF, which leads the three to uh, return to the lockdown. Once they get back to the lockdown, the government decides to cut ties with the angels, and then Metatron declares that God has forsaken humanity, so they're basically left having to handle the demon outbreak by themselves. To clear the names, the protagonists and the party negotiates with the SDF to release their families by killing Belzebul and Belberith, and they also capture the Shomenkai founder. And so, basically, this ending kind of depends on whether you complete the side quest of restoring the barrier with the Four Davids or not. If the barrier is restored, the demons are barred from entering Tokyo, and the party works with the government to get rid of all the remaining demons. If the barrier is not restored, humanity is locked in an internal war against demons. (laughs) It's potentially a more optimistic ending, depending on whether you restore the barrier. Yeah, yeah, basically, if you, yeah, exactly, if you end up doing that. Or you can just do this overclocked version and still doom humanity. <laughs> it's so, true. true. So, so, if you really hate humanity. <laughs> <laughs> How much of a nihilist are you? Exactly. We, we have the ending for you. <laughs> So the other ending, the next one is called the King of Demons ending. And this is triggered when you choose to talk to Naoya at the end of the six days. Choosing this path will cause Yuzu, Midori, and Kesuke to leave your party, but you will be joined by Naoya and Kaido. 
you receive word that the deadline for the government's final option has been moved up to noon. Naoya negotiates with uh, Fushimi and successfully convinces him to move the deadline back two hours. You have to defeat Jezebel, one of Belbera's servants who is residing in Amane, by connecting a comp to Amane's mind. After seduming the Remiel and Shomokai members guarding Amane, you defeat Jezebel. The party then proceeds to the Hills building, where they are confronted by Anil, Sariel, and Beelzebub. Following these battles, the party ascends the building and faces Belbereth and Babel. The protagonist gathers the power of the King of Bel, and all over the city, people are left fearing for the future as he rallies the demons to prepare for a war with God. And then, in the overclocked remake, during the eighth day, Metatron orders everyone in the lockdown to kill the protagonist with the promise they will lift the lockdown once the King of Bel is killed. Naoya gives you two options— kill only the angels and convince people in the lockdown that the angels are the true enemies or kill anyone who gets in their way. If you choose the first option, the people in the lockdown will eventually realize that the angels are the threat. And if you choose the second option, the people in the lockdown will become afraid of the protagonist and blindly follow him out of fear. Yeah, so not great, but you, <laughs> you achieved Naoya's goals. Yeah, <laughs> and at least with these like endings, you do have kind of that choice. So you can go full on like traditional chaotic of just using your strength to rule over people out of fear, or you could actually just go like a, a more of hey, the angels are the enemies. Let's get rid of these people, and then so it's nice if you want to do chaos, but you don't want to go all in. Yeah, totally. And man, I really appreciate that there's like more shades of gray in this game as exactly. opposed to your three options in most SMT games. Exactly. Yeah, me too. I really like that. And like that you get those uh, shades of gray and like the chaos and law because the, the neutral was the only real like gray ending you could get before in a traditional SMT game. So it's nice to see like more nuance in the other types of routes too. Yeah, absolutely. Next ending is the uh, Kingdom of Saints. It's uh, triggered when you choose Amane's route at the end of the sixth day. After you've defeated the four Devas and Belbereth, you summon Babel. And after you've defeated it, you become the King of Bel and then the Messiah. In the Overclocked remake, during the eighth day, you fight Honda, who's crazed because his uh, son died. His anger summons Susano. 
the guardian deity of Japan. So basically, you've got to take down poor grief-stricken and mad Honda. Once you do this, Okuni Nishi, the creator of Japan, appears. He challenges the protagonist to convince the first murderer in history, Kane, who's now, re- who's now reincarnated as Naoya, to forgive God, or basically he's going to destroy the country and rebuild it anew. In the end of this uh, route, the protagonist and Naoya team up to defeat Okuni Nishi. After the lockdown is lifted, the protagonist is going to continue his duties as Messiah, judging people for their sins and having them live pure lives out of the devotion of God. So that's your traditional SMT religious fascist. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So unsurprisingly, Law continues to be the worst ending of (laughs) them. Sorry, sorry, Law fans. It's just. <laughs> oh no! When uh, back in the day when the host chose like their alignment before they started a game, I got stuck with Law in a uh, strange journey. And <gasps> oh, oh god, damn it! Yeah, <laughs> that one's brutal. <laughs> Although to be fair, that one, both Law and Chaos, was so brutal. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they often are. <laughs> Yeah, oof, man. (laughs) I'm traditionally a neutral boy myself, but yeah. Me me too. (laughs) I love neutral. That because, like, you get the best challenge, too. You get to fight both Law and Chaos bosses, and then you get, like, the cool, like, just purge both of them out. Like, I love it. (laughs) So, let's see. So, the next ending is called Silent Revolution. So this is triggered when you talk to Atsuru at the end of the sixth day. You must defeat Naoya, who will agree to change the server. You don't fight Jezebel in this route, because Amane will explain that Jezebel has suddenly disappeared, implying that she either ran away or was killed by Belbareth. You will then fight Belbareth and summon Babel. Defeating Babel will allow you to command it to operate based on the new server, which will allow only selected forces, such as the military, police, or government, to control the demons. This is my vote for the worst ending. It's just terrible. (laughs) Yeah, there's not much to it, and I don't know. Do you really want to give government power to uh, control demons? Exactly. Like we literally have the, and we saw how poorly they handled this in the game. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> Finally, you have the uh, Song of Hope, and uh, this ending's triggered when you talk to Jin at the end of the sixth day. After you defeat the four devas and you've got to protect Haru and control Atsuro so that both will reach the server and summon Babel. Defeating Babel's first form will send the demons back into the demon world, making them unusable when battling Babel's second form. So it's just you against the big demon. However, if the players succeeded in recruiting Black Frost in this ending... Black Frost will basically disappear as well. The demons and angels both leave. The incidents covered up as hallucinations caused by gas leaks. And the cops stop working. So, not too exciting. But, 
Yeah. You know, it's basically just like a, not a reset, but just an almost status quo ending. And also you lose mm-hmm. Black Frost, so that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he's my buddy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah so i'm not that much of a fan it's funny because i think this is the one game where i really have to say i feel like chaos is the best route honestly like i feel like the more neutral-esque routes aren't too appealing to me this time around because i just don't really either just giving power to the government who already handled it poorly or then just i don't know just letting the whole incident being covered up like that doesn't sit well with me either seeing as how the government knew that this was going to happen for years anyway it's just yeah i'd agree with you it's at least more interesting it is yeah yeah do you have any uh final thoughts before we wrap up here just that i really enjoy this game as we said before i really love the fact that there's so many different endings and the way you get those endings is very unique because not only is it like player choice doesn't just control a range on a scale or anything. It actually directly influences the options and battles and events that you can get access to later on in the game. And I really think it's really interesting. I also, I don't know, I'm a big fan of like non-standard game overs and like bad endings. So I find it interesting that you can run into those two just like by picking more like cowardly options, so to speak. Which is really interesting to me. So I like that a lot. Yeah, I love the fact that the choice of which ending you get and the alignments you make are a lot more nuanced and subtle. And it really makes you feel like, you know, the choices that you're making along the course of the game, like, really are really significant. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, and this is going to be, you know, sacrilegious on a SMT podcast, but <laughs> I do feel like the tactical battle stuff is a little overly difficult. Yeah. Frustrating in spots. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely agree. Like, I remember playing to this game and then two, I think, I think it's because... When I play a game like Fire Emblem, which has it, but it's so well like polished, and this is very valid, varied, and even like the hard difficulties, because of that kind of level of polish and strategy, and they really know how to balance like terrain and the, the placement of units and the balance of the units, because that's very important too, in my opinion. When we have these kind of games, and I feel like compared to that, this one is a little rougher and a bit harder and you can tell it's just not like it's a great it's a great game for a company that's not used to doing these type of games but you can see the difference like it's a pretty significant difference it's interesting to me because a lot of the team that worked on it were the team that worked on the langrisser games oh okay the those games are not nearly as frustrating as this one is in a lot of ways but yeah, I feel like it's not even so much the difficulty in certain ways, but the frustrations with, oh, I've got to skill crack this one character that's on the other side of the map. And if you don't get over there and skill crack them in time, and you have to guess like what you want to skill crack first before you enter the battle, 
it's just it's the kind of thing they could use a few quality of life revisions yeah yeah yeah, definitely agree like it definitely it it had some balance issues that needed a reworking because like you said it, it would get needlessly like precise and frustrating like with what demons you needed to uh, get skills from, things like that. And like you said, the positioning of those demons. There has to be like a better way. Like maybe they could have even... I know obviously this came way before SMT4, but I really love that whisper system. So it would have been really cool even if something like that would have worked to make things a little easier. Having the demons that you already have on your team actually giving you skills as you level them up versus having to get them from random demons on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that it's a product of its time and yeah, just to say that even within like fire emblem circles, like the ability to rewind is uh, controversial. Yeah. Oh man, it would have gone a long way. <laughs> it would have. I've read articles and heard other podcasts about this game and people have talked about dumping over a hundred hours into this game and I can totally see how it's possible, but I also feel like that's maybe a sign of like when it was created because when it was like a DS game and DS was like the only like portable gaming option as opposed to having a switch or even like a smartphone, like people had a lot more patience. Yeah. To do a 30 minute battle over again because they screwed one thing up and that just doesn't really fly anymore. However, I, all, all those caveats aside, I really like this game. I think it does a ton of fascinating stuff. I would love to see a third game with like more modern, design elements added into it oh yeah definitely if they could if they could because we know that that uh, that tecmo is really good with that too because since they basically did the majority of three houses if they could even just help out like atlas like a partnership thing that'd be really cool and help them out like kind of balance the gameplay a bit more add those quality of life changes and um, things like that, you need to. You could still have your difficulty, but it would smooth out the gameplay, so you could have a legitimate challenge without having issues of feeling you wasted your time or that it's something that's needlessly frustrating or obtuse. Yeah, that's that comes down to it. Yeah, know, we play a lot of SMT games, and I rarely complain about the difficulty. I don't think the difficulty is a problem here. Yeah, no, it's, it's just more. Yeah. It's more the way the it's more the kind of like frustrations and how they like make it unnecessarily difficult. Like when you play, it's not like it's this horrible thing that like just ruins everything. It's more like little frustrations that sort of kind of mountain build as you like keep playing. Because as you said, you could put in like over 100 hours into this game. So imagine playing over 100 hours and you're having these little frustrations just building and building. And it gets very annoying after a while. And that's just more what it is. But Otherwise, it is still a very fun game, and I do love the tactical elements of it. I love the uh, the battle system in general. Oh, <clears throat> oh, yeah. I would highly recommend it to people, both SMT fans and tactical 
a strategy RPG fans, I would recommend having a fact <laughs> handy. <laughs> yes. Sometimes. But yeah, really, they do interesting things with the battle system, considering it's not just completely your kind of standard Final Fantasy tactics, Fire Emblem tactics uh, strategy game. And everything they do with the narrative and the narrative choice and whatnot is really phenomenal. And the story is great. I think yeah. one of the best stories that I think we've done for the game. There's just so much like mystery and ambiguity, and you really feel like the pressure of being yeah. in this quarantined area and yeah. with only a few days to live. Exactly. And I love that too, the timed aspect. Like it really adds to it and not just the seven days thing but even the fact that when you have certain events that you play through time does move forward and it's gonna affect whether you'll even be able to access other events so like you really actually have to balance what you do in this game what you prioritize and things like that because you'll get locked out of you'll get locked out of events later on it's just it's it like you said it really adds to that pressure and like atmosphere and just makes everything so tense and, and visceral. Yeah, I really love that. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I give it a thumbs up. Would love to see a third one. Like, and I agree. Get uh, Koei Tecmo. On, yeah. <laughs> on it. Yeah. If they can do uh, Persona Five Scramble, they can do. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I don't even want them to do like the entire game, but it would be great to see something like happen with uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, where it was like the original team plus uh, Tecmo uh, Koei. Uh, yeah, exactly. On it. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. But yeah, should we wrap it up here? Yep, absolutely. Just a little housekeeping. The next game that we are going to be doing is Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> get started. Yeah, we're, we're shooting at least get the first episode or two out for the HD re-release comes out, which actually has been getting kind of some mixed reviews. So we'll see how that turns out. But uh, yeah, I believe Alex should be coming back for Nocturne, and we may have a special guest. Yeah, yeah, expect that hopefully by the end of uh, January. Yes. So yeah, is there anything that you want to plug? So let's see. I'll plug my normal site. I work for Dual Shockers, which is an online independent video game site. And we do reviews, previews, editorials, news, interviews, all sorts of stuff. It's a lot of great content on the site. It's awesome. I'm also a part of a group called Black Girl Gamers. So it, it's a group, obviously, of black women in various parts of, of the video game industry, primarily the entertainment side, so a lot of streamers. But we also have a lot of industry people as well, a lot of, a lot of aspiring developers in the group. It's a great amalgamum of some nice talent and everything you can definitely check out the official twitter account for black girl gamers we also have merch 
whatnot. If you want to buy to support us, you can support us, of course, by watching the various Twitch screen, uh, streams. And we have schedules for that posted as well on our social media. So it's a really great group. Yeah, definitely check them out. And as far as my, on my end, I also host uh, Combo Chain, which is just a general JRPG uh, games club podcast that Lisa is a guest on occasionally. Recently, we, we just did an episode on Final Fantasy X, and we got some episodes coming up on Eternal Sonata, Fantasy Star Four, and uh, Tales of the Abyss. And also, we are still doing a pledge drive. So, yeah, everybody that's contributed so far, that's a huge help. We really appreciate it. If you are so willing and can kick down a few bucks, that would help us a lot with the hosting and production and whatnot costs. And uh, yeah, if you donate five bucks, you get an early episode Lisa and I did on The World Ends With You. And if you donate ten, you get that episode as long as well as another episode that Elisa and I did on uh, Persona 5 Royal. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, those probably won't be out for a couple more months in the regular feed. So yeah, check out... Uh, tinyurl.com backslash megaton chain and there'll be a link in the uh, show notes to that as well and uh, let's see anything else oh yeah if you can rate and review us on itunes and whatnot that's much appreciated or i guess it's apple Podcasts now <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah just spread the word we're megaton marathon on twitter we've got a facebook page if you want to reach out to us and have comments or anything like that, Megaton at gmail.com. And I think that about wraps it up. Yep. I think so. Cool. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in, uh, in a little over a month to do uh. turn. <laughs> All right. Take care, everyone. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye.